Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW and NXT. Obviously, with AEW, you got to get into Cody and that TNT championship. Also, you have to get into who is probably the best heel in pro wrestling right now next to Randy Orton, and that is MJF leading to his big match with John Moxley. Also, we get into NXT, and with NXT, man, there is a lot to talk about with Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee doing a really good job to just hate him. We get into that. Also, we talk a little bit about our SummerSlam virtual party that's coming up the day of SummerSlam from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. So let's start with Cody Rhodes and Scorpio Sky. That TNT Championship match. Again, Cody has been doing wonderful things with that TNT Championship. I really love the fact that he has had these open challenges. And we have gotten wrestlers from outside of AEW come in. And some of those wrestlers even being signed with contracts. Like we've seen with uh, Ricky Starks. And, you know, we've seen a couple of that already. Now, when it comes to the match last night, Scorpio Sky Bully, we all know Scorpio Sky. And Scorpio Sky is somebody that the fans love. They know his character. They know his personality. And they want to build him up to a point where, hey, could this be his opportunity? I just felt in that match they could have done more. Because there was a lot of people on social media a lot of people bully saying that, hey, this might be Scorpio Sky's night. Maybe he does capture this TNT championship. And it was about like, I would guess about a 10 or 11 minute match. I was actually expecting an epic match from those two. It was a good match, but it was just a good match. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm going to agree with you on the good match. Um, and that's what it was. It was good. Um I'm going to compare it to another Scorpio Sky match. I'm going to try to compare apples to apples here. Scorpio Sky versus Chris Jericho versus Co- Scorpio Sky versus Cody Rhodes. Why did you, which one did you like better? Uh, the one with Jericho. Okay. Obviously, Jericho the heel. So you want to see Scorpio Sky be able to beat Jericho. Jericho talking so much smack. Those guys had a great in-ring segment on the microphone. Scorpio really was stepping up his game. And I think he's got a lot. Scorpio Sky has, is phenomenally talented and can do so much. Um, last night, I don't feel like I, like I got all of that. And I'm not quite sure if it's because he wasn't standing across from somebody that people wanted to see beat. So, all joking aside, like we do on the show with you and Cody, Dave, are you a Cody Rhodes fan? Yes, very much so. Are you a Scorpio Sky fan? I am. Who'd you want to see win last night? 
I wanted to see Scorpio Sky win. Now, okay, but, but, but but again, but again, and this is to your point, I want to see Scorpio Sky win because I, I really think he would do wonders with the championship. But at the same time, do you really want Cody to lose? Because I just started off the segment by saying that he's done wonderful things with this TNT championship. And, you know, Cody kind of being the face of AEW when he's challenging a, a Ricky Starks and, and, and the like and a war horse, it means a lot more because you know who Cody is in and out of the ring. So you're right. It's hard to really choose who you wanted to see win that match last night. When it comes to Cody, but more importantly, when it comes to a Rhodes, I always want to see a Rhodes fighting from underneath. I always want to see a Rhodes backed into a corner. I always want to see a Rhodes have to come out fists a-flying. Now, I know that might sound a little bit too much like Dusty, but I'll be damned if it doesn't work, especially if you're Dustin or Cody. Last night, I never got that feeling that Scorpio Sky had imposed his will so much on Cody that he had to come out a-fighting or that he had to come out and really reach down deep. I saw Cody having to reach down deeper against Eddie Kingston than I did against yes. Scorpio Sky. Maybe even Ricky Starks than we saw with Scorpio Sky. Like you mentioned uh, last week about the, the match with War Horse, which was an okay match. It wasn't anything to write home about. That match was about the same amount of time as the match that we saw with Scorpio Sky last night. That match last night should have been kind of like a milestone match in this TNT championship run for Cody Rhodes. That match should have been like a 15, between 15 and 20 minute matchup. Like I really was shocked when Scorpio Sky was pinned last night. Like, I thought that leg was going to get on that bottom rope. I thought there was going to be something that happened. And what even surprised me more, Bully, than the match itself, is that once the match was over, that match was over. Because then you saw Brody Lee and the whole whatever buildup we're going to see next week with the, with the Dark Order. It was like, man, like as soon as that pin happened, bam. Brody Lee was up on that screen. And I thought Scorpio Sky deserved more. He deserved more with the match. And he obviously deserved a little bit of a buildup after that match. We didn't get either one. So to me, Bully, unfortunately, it's almost a forgettable match in this run that Cody has had. And it shows you what the business truly was last night. The business was to get to the Brody Lee video. Scorpio Sky was a guy that they could use for a promotable match. They had the match. It's over with. Have a nice day. See you later. But in situations like that, when one guy goes over, you're hoping the other guy gets over and at least takes a huge step forward in that getting over process. Do you feel like Scorpio Sky is any more over today than he was when the bell rang last night? No. Okay, that's, that's my honest point. answer. Yeah, that's fine. That's what we listen. We're here to be honest. We, we we both like Cody. We like Scorpio. We thought it was a good match. We're tell I'm gonna and I'm gonna even dive a little deeper here. When you have a baby face versus baby face match, it is difficult to completely emotionally invest. Somebody has to assume the heel role, and if it's not the heel role, it's got to be the aggressive role. And if it's not the aggressive role, it's got to be the guy that does something that makes you scratch your head and go, wow, that was a little bit out of character for that guy. And neither one of them, I felt, really did that. I mean, he saw a little bit in the beginning of the match, like where, you know, like uh, Cody held the ropes open for Scorpio Sky, and then, like, Scorpio Sky did it for Cody, and then he let the ropes go before Cody was able to get in the ring. You're like, ooh, this is a little bit out of character. I like where they're going here. But that's kind of where it ended, because, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it really didn't, they, it, they didn't really have that follow-up after it. And honestly, I thought, because to your point where you're like, man, did you ever really think that Scorpio Sky was going to win that match? There was a point in that match where I'm surprised they didn't go a little 
little farther. And that's the ribs of Cody. You know, Cody had those hurt ribs. I mean, you know, uh, Scorpio Sky did the abominable stretch. Like, I mean, it was real. I was like, wow. But then they kind of got away from that. Like, I really thought that was just the beginning that was really going to build towards this, like I said, this like 15, 20-minute epic match between the two. But, like, when you look at this run, Bully, like Eddie Kingston, Ricky Starks, Sonny Kiss, like, those matches, like, they went to that next level, being in the ring with Cody, and knowing the history with, like, with, with Scorpio Sky and SCU and everything like that, I was very, very shocked and surprised that this was just, it felt like just another match for Cody in this, in this championship run. There's a very uh, easy formula in a match like this uh, where you have babyface versus babyface. And I understand what you said about Scorpio releasing the rope and kind of hitting Cody with yeah. the rope. And, and then we kind of forgot about it. If you got babyface versus babyface, they wrestle, 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 and then they kind of have a mutual respect for one another. Then they wrestle, 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 and they have a mutual respect for one another, maybe even a, uh, a quick knuckle bump or whatever. But you can see both guys feeling each other out, both guys coming out on top. Cody shows Scorpio respect. Scorpio shows Cody respect. Blah, blah, blah. They're going, they're going. And then there's that one part in the match where somebody does something scummy. A la Cody has his back turned and Scorpio Sky blasts him right in the back of the head and he drops to the ground. Arn looks on in shock. Brandy looks on in shock. The, 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 uh, the, uh, the commentator's like, wow, that's really... Uh, you know, uh, um, off base for Scorpio Sky. We would never, Scorpio's not that kind of competitor. Why would he do that? And then all of a sudden, Cody has to roll out to the floor and he's grabbing the back of his neck because he's in so much pain. And here comes Arn and Dustin <clears throat> over to check on him. And with that, here comes Frankie and Chris Daniels to get into their face and create some animosity. There was ways to make that segment a lot more interesting. But it was just good. Yeah, and, and you know, to your point, too, uh, Cody came out with Brandy and with Dustin and with Arn. Where was SCU for, for Scorpio Sky? Where was Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian? Like, I, I listen, if, if Cody's coming out with an entourage, don't you think Scorpio Sky should have a little bit of backup as well? I mean, I, I mean that's just me. Especially and I think that would have added saw- to it. Especially when we saw Frankie Kazarian in the stands last night. Yes. Wasn't he in the stands watching a tag team match? I could have sworn I saw him last night. Yeah. So if he's there, and I'm sure Daniels is there, let's bring them out at the right point of the match and add some intrigue. Like, I would love to see Arn or Dustin reach down to try to help up Cody or do something, and Kazarian and Daniels come out and just stand in front of them and go, no, don't you touch him. It's... It's just enough to create an animosity. It's just enough to get SCU even over a little bit more. You got to come out of that segment with three, with three, you want to take a step forward with three separate people coming out of that segment. Cody goes over and keeps his reign going. Scorpio Sky gets over and becomes a more credible singles competitor, and Brody Lee becomes the real threat with the the video. I'm a big believer in when a segment is over, whether it's a promo, a match, or in-ring, everybody should take a step forward. There are certain creative teams and certain thought processes that will say, well, this is the guy or the gal we're trying to get over. And that other person is just basically the sacrificial lamb for the moment. They don't mean as much. I don't buy into that. I'm of the opinion that everybody should move forward in one way, shape or form at the end of every segment on every show. This is Aussie Football Rules America with Eddie Maguire. One of my great mates, Russell Crowe. AFL goes great in America because it is a tactical game. It is a game that requires incredible skill and dexterity. You can see the moves of basketball in it. You can see so many areas of athletic prowess. Catch new episodes Thursdays at 6pm Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant or however you stream in the house. Has anybody really posed a threat to Cody and his TNT championship? Um, there's been some near 
there's been some near falls. Uh, there's been times where you've been at the edge of your seat. But no, I can't say there's been any matches where I was like, oh, my God, Cody's going to lose this. Cody's going to lose this title. Have, you, have they gone into any match where you thought Cody's losing to this guy? The, no, but the closest was last night with Scorpio Sky. That was like the first time like on social media where I saw some people saying, you know what, I think there's a chance Scorpio Sky could win this match. And that's fine, but I'm talking about the word threat. Is there any real threat to Cody Rhodes? No, I think that it's mostly been about taking somebody to that next level, you know, giving somebody a little bit of a shine, giving them a spotlight. I think it's been more about that with Cody It's kind of like Cena U.S. championship type material, right? Yeah, I mean, but this is next level just because we've had some wrestlers that weren't signed with AEW that you were surprised to see. Yeah, so, you know, seeing Ricky Starks from NWA and Eddie Kingston from NWA. So, like, to me, that was kind of like, whoa, you know, it's kind of a cool factor. But I wouldn't say that any of them were really, really a threat. Cody needs a threat. AEW needs a real threat for Cody. There needs to be somebody that comes in there where people take a step backwards and go, holy shit, Cody's in trouble. Cody's going to lose this championship. Cody's going to get his ass kicked. Something is going to happen to Cody. Cody needs to be backed into a corner. Cody needs to be put down. Cody needs to fight up. Dusty was at his best when he was fighting up. Dustin at his best when he's fighting up. Cody at his best when he's fighting up. Somebody needs to impose their will on Cody Rhodes. Somebody needs to put fear in Cody's heart and in his eyes. Somebody has to pop up on that TV screen where people say, our hero is in trouble. Our hero is going to lose this championship. That's the type of fight I want to see from Cody. I want to see somebody just manhandle him to the point where you're salivating to see him fight back. Not with moves, but with his fists. I understand the TNT Championship is about wrestling and, you know, uh, you know wrestling on TV. But when I'm watching Scorpio and Cody... And I'm watching two baby faces have a good wrestling match. Okay. I'm never really fully immersed because I don't think he's going to lose. As great as a false finish may be, in my heart, I don't believe he's going to lose. I need to see somebody staring into Cody's soul. And as a fan, think to myself, Cody is in more trouble now than he has ever been. All right, so the next logical question, Bully, is who could that be? Like, looking at the AEW roster right now, is there that wrestler that could fit that mold? Do you think Brody Lee is going to beat Cody Rhodes? No. But wait a minute. Brody Lee is an imposing heel. He's the, he's the leader of the Dark Order. And you don't even think right this very second that he has a shot? I guess the answer is no, because that's the that's the first answer that that rolled off your tongue, and and th- you are proving my point right now. It wasn't even like you had to scratch your head and think about it. Can Bro- is Brody Lee going to be Cody? Nope. Right then and there, you're out of the moment, and unless they can grab you with a great false finish like Scorpio Sky did, you're basically already know what the finish is going to be with that TNT championship being defended as well as Cody has been defending it. I don't know what the, I don't want to know what the finish is going to be because I don't want to think I know the finish. And you know, I, and I, and I love Cody defending that TNT championship every week. It's the highlight of AEW. I know I'm always going to get a good AEW show just because Cody's defending that TNT championship. He truly is a workhorse. There's no doubt about it. But the one guy probably on the roster that could be that wrestler that you're talking about 
Cody's already beat, and that's Lance Archer. Like, when I look at Lance Archer, that could be the guy that could be the threat. Now, I'm not saying that he can't be, and they can't go back to that. But the fact that he's already beaten Lance Archer, I have to see now more from Lance Archer that's going to make me buy into the fact that he could be Cody. But Lance Archer, probably more than anybody else, would be the guy. But Cody's already beat him. I don't think that there's anybody in AEW that fits the description of what I was talking about. I think if you really want to grab people, you got to go outside of AEW like they did with a Kingston or a Warhorse or a or a Starks. I think you need to bring in somebody that can truly get the job done and put Cody in a position that he's never been before. You got to make Cody uncomfortable. You got to make the AEW fan base uncomfortable. You have to make management uncomfortable and you have to create a scenario where this just ain't happening. And if Cody finds a way to win, the referee will only be raising his hand while Cody's still on the mat because he can't even get to his feet. Summer is time to start prepping for your fantasy football draft with Fantasy Sports Radio. Touchdown, Atlanta! And this year, it's also time for fantasy baseball players to do the same. It is gone! Listen for expert advice to dominate your fantasy football and baseball drafts. Will Garrett Cole be the first pitcher taken? 12 strikeouts for Garrett Cole. Now celebrating our 10th year, bringing you the best fantasy sports radio on Sirius 210 XM87. The one thing that's great about Wednesday nights on on both AEW and NXT has been the commentating because hearing JR, Tony Schiavone, and Taz, the three of them together, and this is not a knock on Excalibur, um, but I really do love the dynamic of Taz, Tony Schiavone, and JR. Really good job again last night with those three. I, I agree with you because they're polished professionals who, uh, you know, who just they're seasoned veterans. I mean, for as much shit as I give Taz on the show about, you know, standing in front of Brian Cage and it being more about Taz than it is any about anybody about anybody else. When he's at the commentator's desk, I mean, he shines. He knows how to get people over. He knows how to be entertaining. He's excellent at the desk. And, you know, when you know when things didn't go great for Taz in the ring at WWE, Vince was smart enough to know that Taz was talented on the stick. Put him at the commentary's desk. That's why he did, like, seven WrestleManias. He has great chemistry with JR. And the three of them, are, to me, are really entertaining. I think the only thing I enjoy... More or as much as when Jericho is back there, just because he makes, you know, because he pops me so much. Yeah, I agree. And Taz is really good for this reason, too, Bully. He's a heel, but he's not over the top. Correct. A lot of time, a lot of times, like, you know, we see that heel commentator and, you know, you know, especially in the WWE at times where it's over the top where it's sickening and you don't, you kind of tune them out. You can't tune Taz out because he gives you good nuggets. So even though he's that heel commentator, it's not over the top. On the other side with NXT, and we had Vic Joseph last night, a part of the commentating team for NXT last night, and I've said this on social media all the time. I love Beth Phoenix. I think Beth Phoenix is fantastic. I love Vic Joseph. There's a good dynamic with Moro, and Moro is over the top, but, but it's in a fun way as well. Uh, and I think there's a good balance between him and Beth Phoenix. I, th- I I tweeted out a few weeks ago, I thought Beth Phoenix is the best commentator in the WWE because she brings the credibility as a Hall of Famer, and she really does analyze a match. That's what you're supposed to do as a color commentator, Bully. Like, I think that's kind of gotten, like, lost in the sauce in a lot of ways. But, like, when you watch a professional, like, NFL game or NBA game, that color commentator is there to analyze, not to do the play-by-play. Beth Phoenix does a wonderful job with that on NXT. I completely agree with your assessment of Beth. She's smart. She gets it. She understands psychology. But most of all, I think she understands the art of getting other people over. And that's her job at commentary to take the people that are in the ring and present them in a way to the fan that makes the fan appreciate the performer more. She's the bridge. She's the conduit. That's what you're doing at commentary. You're getting everybody over. That's your job. Yeah. 
to help tell the story, to help break it down. Beth is there to tell me why that that cross face arm breaker or whatever the hell move is on really hurts so much. I think Beth does the same kind of job that Taz does. And that's a hell of a compliment because Taz is really good at making us understand the the dynamic of a wrestling move or what's going through a wrestler's mind at any given time. I think Beth does that also, and I agree with you. I almost would love to see Beth go in a completely opposite direction. What if Beth was that heel announcer? What if have we ever had a a a, a heelish female announcer? Could you imagine Beth second guessing Morrow? Putting Moro in his place, telling Moro he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's never been in a ring, man, that would create an interesting dynamic. I mean, I, I like it, but I, I I really like what Beth's doing now, so I wouldn't I want to change that. I understand. So I wouldn't I want to change you. that. And and listen, this isn't a knock on Corey Graves because you know I'm I'm not trying to knock him because you've said it, and you know a lot of guests that we've had on the show have said it. There's somebody in your ear, kind of yelling at you to say one thing or the other. But is but is Corey Graves really ever getting anyone over? I mean, it's more about like he's a character, he's a personality, and it's just an extension with him as a commentator. But he's not like doing the, I guess, tr- tr- traditional job. And I think that's why us as purist wrestling fans kind of gravitate more towards NXT than Raw or SmackDown is the credibility factor. Listen, uh, John Madden's probably one of the greatest color commentators in in the in history of NFL. He was a character and he was a personality, but he got the players over that were on the field. Plus, he explained why you know the right guard pulled here and what what the quarterback was thinking there and why the why the head coach made that decision. So even though he would say boom and he make all those little you know those little uh, Maddenisms that everybody loved, he still was able to to call a good game. I think Beth Phoenix and Taz both are talented in that way for different shows and doing those things. I mentioned emotional investment, and I just want to get your take on this before we get to the nation. We had Sean Spears on the show yesterday. You know, you talked about like, you know, somebody that could actually get to and beat Cody Rhodes. But, you know, when I look back at the feud of Sean Spears and Cody and the chair shot heard around the world, I really bought into Sean Spears in a lot of ways because there was that emotional investment. Plus, who does Sean Spears have in his corner? Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard is one of the greatest rivals of Dusty Rhodes. So I would really love at some point, and I don't know why he's not. Sean Spears is more on AEW Dark than he is on AEW Dynamite. I would love Sean Spears to kind of come back into the fold and challenge Cody Rhodes again. What are your thoughts on that? Based on what I've seen from Spears so far, his presence, his work, his association with Tully, what he did with Cody already, I have to think that the planets are just not aligning themselves for Sean right now and happen in a while. You know when they say creative has nothing for you? I'm not going to say that creative has nothing for Sean. I just don't think it's lining up for him right now. I'm hoping that Sean Spears is just being kept really, really warm on the back burner, and they're ready to bring him forward at any given moment. Because I haven't seen anything from Sean that I don't like. Nothing. Speaks well, moves well, works well, good psychology, can get that heat on that heel, the association with Tully, blah, blah, blah. I can go on forever and blow smoke up his ass. So I say to myself, does he have heat? I I haven't heard anything bad. And and that backstage heat bullshit is nothing but bullshit anyway, because if it was true, uh, Sammy Guevara would have been, you know, uh, booted out a long time ago, you know, for throwing, you know, uh, uh, the wrong chair at Matt Hardy. So what could Sean Spears has have really done wrong? I just think that storyline wise, things are just not not going the right way for him. What would I do with Sean Spears right now? I, I off the top of my head, I'm not positive. You got Tully there. 
What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, you would think that you line up against Cody, but they went there already. Cody beat Sean Spears clean. One, two, three, right in the middle with his finish. Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. Now, could you revisit the story? Sure. But as a fan, I've already seen them win. Seen them win. Now, maybe AEW is of the opinion of Sean Spears that this guy's so good that we want to hold him off until fans are let back into the building so he can soak in that heat and so that heat could, that can resonate onto a baby face. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. You know, Cole cuts that promo on Pat McAfee. We're going to see that match at TakeOver 30, but we're going to see the face-off between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole next week. Adam Cole laid it down. Pat McAfee went to social media and accepted, so Pat McAfee will be on NXT next Wednesday. And, Bully, what do you think about this whole thing? I mean, what do you think about, you know, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, a takeover? And also, I guess we'll find out when the ratings come out later today, you know, a lot of mainstream attention, especially with ESPN, when it comes to this Adam Cole-Pat McAfee matchup at takeover. What do I think? Yes. I think, I think Pat McAfee is a dick. <laughs> There's your audio for today. He's a dick, and he's turning Adam Cole babyface, and I love it. I love that promo from Cole. Bass in his voice meant what he was saying. If you got the guts or the nuts, brother, you'll come down this aisle tomorrow and get in my ring, and I'll look up at you. It's going to be interesting to see Pat McAfee staring down at Adam Cole, and I think Pat McAfee can get heat on Adam Cole. We've already seen it. That kick was great. I love the shoving with Triple H. I wish Hunter would have shoved McAfee on his ass. If McAfee would have went down instead of like standing his ground to that shove, oh my God, they would have had more of a moment than they had with just just the shove. Hunter shoving McAfee on his ass and McAfee falling down and then getting right back up and backing off, that would have been not gold. It would have been platinum. I like what they're doing so far. I'm into it. I'm emotionally invested. McAfee knows how to be a prick. Yes. He and he's doing he is it really. Yeah, he is a prick. <laughs> I'll go on his show and I'll tell it to his face. And trust me, I won't stop by just throwing a couple things on his side. I'll knock him out. I'll knock his cameraman out. The producers. Everybody gets laid out. Anyway, I digress. Um, he would never do that, by the way. He would never invite you on the show because you would fuck him up. Dude, I would, like a water buffalo hurtling an alligator, I would jump over his desk and I would shoot, tackle him, and kick him right in the gonads. Um, I'm into this. It's really good. I'm emotionally invested. Yeah. I'm I'm an Adam Cole fan. I'm a a Pat McAfee fan. I love it when a guy like McAfee can, can, can come in. First of all, I know Pat McAfee is passionate about this. He really wants to be involved. This is not just a guy who's like, yeah, let me get involved over here and see if I can get myself over in the process. He truly wants to do this. His heart's in the right place. And I think him and Cole are going to do some really good business together. I, I've seen, two, what, two or three weeks of it so far? I'm invested. What is there not to be invested in? Do you want to see Adam Cole punch uh, Pat McAfee in the face? Yes, I do. I, and 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 you know what? And 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 Gabby, if you please, I, we got to get Pat McAfee on because here's the thing: Pat McAfee is a friend of the show. Pat McAfee has come to a bunch all our parties. He was at our SummerSlam party. He was at our 10 year anniversary party. Like I really do love Pat McAfee, and you know. I, I love the fact that he mentioned on social media, like when he was doing commentating for SmackDown, he goes, I was just, I was just doing what Dave LaGreca would do. I don't know what that means, but I love the fact that he did that. Like, and still, I want to see him get his ass kicked at TakeOver 30. 
That's how good Pat McAfee is. Because... We've seen this a million times. Some asshole from outside the, the pro wrestling community coming in, thinking that they can take over just because they have a name and thinking that he's because, hey, I played NFL. I can do what you do. I'm an athlete. I, 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 was, a, I was a pro bowler in the NFL. I could do what you do. We've seen that attitude so many times. The unfortunate thing, Bully, in the world of the WWE, and I don't mean NXT, I'm talking about, you know, multiple times we have seen athletes, movie stars, singers come into the world of the WWE and humiliate the WWE wrestler. Seen it countless times. Vince McMahon loves embarrassing his own roster and then expects you to tune into them the next week when the celebrity's gone and then the jabroni that you had get embarrassed is the one that you're going to see every week. It's completely insane, but that's the formula of the WWE. I think we have a different story here when it comes to NXT, Triple H, Adam Cole, and Pat McAfee. I don't think this is the same old, same old. I really do wonder what's going to happen at TakeOver. And I think it's going to be Pat McAfee that gets embarrassed at TakeOver, not the other way around. The thing I love about this McAfee scenario is brother was just a punter, but he's got the charisma and the swagger of a Deion Sanders. And that's what works. It's all, about, it, it, it's all about that personality, man. It's all about that swagger. It's all about bringing it to the table and watching Adam Cole knock it off. I'm not even sure we're going to get a singles match. I, I tell you what, I wouldn't necessarily mind somebody and Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole and Hunter. I'm only going to throw Hunter in there because he threw himself in there with the shove. I know it made sense, but it'd be interesting. I know that kind of takes away from the other guys in Undisputed Era, but it would be a draw match. Yes or no? I don't like it. I don't like it just because... I'm going to go F myself now. No, no. I I could disagree (laughs) with you. You don't have to go fuck yourself. I'm just saying that... (laughs) I'm just saying that. I'm sorry. That's two F-bombs today. I apologize. I'm just saying that, like, after all this trash talk... It's it's got to be them and and I Adam Cole has got to teach Pat McAfee a lesson. You're right about a punt. Yeah, I mean Pat McAfee was a great punter, and Pat McAfee, unlike Deion Sanders, wasn't afraid to tackle somebody. You know, Pat McAfee has done that many many times. Prime time. But man, it's it's different on a football field. Pat McAfee, amazing on the football field. This is a wrestling ring. I want to see Adam Cole embarrass Pat McAfee at TakeOver 30. What's the number one thing that has to happen in this match? What's the number one payoff you have to get? <sighs> I mean, I, for me, it's, it's, it's Pat McAfee to get. And ba- like Pat McAfee's got to take the loss because it's almost like the athlete outside the world of pro wrestling against the pro wrestler. The number one scenario you have to recreate is that Adam Cole has to full-blown receipt Pat McAfee with the same type of punt to Pat McAfee that McAfee gave to Cole. And and that's the advantage that Pat McAfee has. Like, I brought up, Tommy and I were talking about this last week, and I brought up, like, Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki. Antonio Inoki, what did he do? He went right to his back and just kicked the hell out of Muhammad Ali to the to the point, like, it ruined Muhammad Ali's career because he developed blood clots in his legs because of those kicks that Antonio Inoki gave him. That's the one advantage that Pat McAfee has is his legs, is those kicks. So Pat McAfee, if I'm Pat McAfee, I fall right on my back. I fall right on my back, and I start kicking. Now, it might look foolish. It might be a little embarrassing, but you know what? It's going to play to Pat McAfee's strength because if he feels like he could go toe-to-toe, I don't care about Pat McAfee's size. And Pat McAfee's bigger than Adam Cole. When you're in a wrestling ring, you have to wrestle. Adam Cole is going to school Pat McAfee at wrestling. The only advantage that Pat McAfee has is that leg. And I'm wondering how that's going to come into play. And the other thing, too, is that Pat McAfee's the heel here. 
but he's got a real, really, really play up that heel role next week when they go face to face on NXT. I think um I, I think Pat obviously going for the easy target of Adam Cole's size will get him all the heat he needs. There's a million things that Pat can say also to Adam Cole to get heat. He listen, if they really wanted a if they really wanted to uh to get people to raise their eyebrows, you know, Pat McAfee could bring up Adam Cole's relationship. You know? Yeah. I'm going to, next time I do this, I'm going to kick you in the face and make you look worse than your girlfriend. Or once I beat your ass, I'm going to go and uh, find your girlfriend, get my teeth cleaned. And there you have it. Boom. They would never like do a nice that, teeth cleaning from, from the good dentist, Dr. Britt Baker, doing the best heel work of uh, in anybody in AEW. Oh, my gosh, yes. But they would never uh, – WWE. Oh, I know. That. I'm just but saying, maybe they, off, maybe off, like maybe on social media or something like that, Pat they, could go down There's so much material there to get heat on Pat McAfee. So much. It, it, it's easy. It's simple. And after the promo that we just heard last night that we came back from break with – Cole is stepping up to the plate. You can hear it in him. I'm, I'm going to kick your ass. One way or another, I'm going to find a way to kick your ass. And that's it. And that's what I want to see. See how simple this is? Well, you know why? Because Adam Cole has something that he can sink his teeth into. Like, this is definitely like a story. And Pat McAfee's the perfect heel where, there's, like you said, there's so much here that you could get into. It's difficult to do that when you're just wrestling somebody on the roster that you may have wrestled 100 times or have done 100 stories with. This is extremely unique in the fact that Triple H has gotten involved. Shawn Michaels has gotten involved. It's on ESPN. This is really, if you think about it, this is the biggest spotlight that NXT has ever had since day one. I mean, when else are you going to get ESPN talking about NXT? I I know we like to kind of dive into the ratings. I'm wondering what the ratings are going to be like for NXT. Because I would think that NXT is going to be AEW in the ratings this week, if ever. Because Bully, like... They got so much mainstream attention. A, you know, you know, Mike Mike Greenberg is talking about Adam Cole on Get Up in the morning on ESPN because of this Pat McAfee situation. So I'm I'm really curious to see what the ratings are going to be with AEW and NXT for NXT because of Pat McAfee. Um, as every Thursday afternoon is, it's always fun to see what the ratings are and see how the shows are doing. Hopefully, they both take step, step, steps forward. Uh, last week, NXT had a decent rating. AEW had one of their best ratings in the past couple of months. Listen, it, it, it's fun to look at the ratings, but the, the only thing that matters is if we were entertained or not. But I agree with you. It will be interesting to see what people sank their teeth into. And how about the timing of this? Because we did mention there's going to be, I think, three shows over the next couple of months where AEW is going to be preempted. And we're like, oh, this could kind of hurt their momentum. Well, where are we going to see AEW next Saturday? We're going to see them going at least for one hour, maybe even more depending on the NBA game, at least one hour going head to head with NXT TakeOver. Interesting how these chess matches play out. Is it? Yes. Now, this one doesn't seem like it was on purpose because being preempted, but does it matter? No, because you're going to see it on Saturday as opposed to Wednesday. And that, But that also means that NXT is going to have Wednesday night all to themselves. So it's going to be fun to see what kind of number NXT. Hey, you got Pat McAfee showing up on the show, and you got the night to yourself. We'll see if that, like you know, gives NXT some of their strongest numbers that they've ever had. If every McDonald's in the nation was to shut down for one day, that's Burger King's opportunity to go for the jugular. AEW will not be on Wednesday night. It all goes back to food. Um, AEW <laughs> will not be on Wednesday night. NXT should load up, not by bringing in people from Raw or SmackDown. They should load up on their show do whatever it takes announce an entire card give me something that's going to make that diehard aew fan want to check out nxt you have the opportunity 
to steal some fans here and 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 vice versa with AEW but more mostly NXT because it's on that Wednesday night AEW fans are used to watching AEW they're not going to have AEW so they will most likely tune into NXT now I'm sure you're going to get a large portion of AEW fans who are going to hate watch they're going to watch just for the sake of watching and they go to social media and say oh this was horrible this is why I like AEW more but you have a chance to win those fans over if I had the pencil that's what I would do my frame of mind would be on that Wednesday night how do we win over the AEW fan this is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Probably the biggest heel, if not an AEW, all of wrestling bully, and that is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. It's a toss-up right now between MJF and Randy Orton. Uh, after Randy's promo the other night and what what he did to Flair, I was there. I was asking myself, who do I hate more, Randy Orton or MJF? And I still haven't really. I haven't gotten to an answer. I'm trying to really dissect it in my mind. Might be a good one for the nation on the old Twitter machine. Who do you hate more right now, Randy Orton or uh, MJF? Hit us up on the old Twitter machine. Um, You just mentioned his off-the-charts promo last week. He did a good job last night. Did you have any problem with Moxley basically wiping the floor with MJF last night? Uh, no. And the reason why is because of the shock and the surprise, you know, smart of MJF. This is where, this is where every time you see Moxley comes through the stance, he never comes through the entrance ramp. Moxley outsmarted him, came through the entrance ramp, attacked him from behind and was able to gain that advantage. Great. So our babyface needed to attack uh, MJF from behind. Our babyface world champion who's supposed to be a real tough guy needed to come from behind to attack um, also, with a heel like MJF, where he talks so much shit, you just want to see him get punched in the face or dropped on his head. Well, guess what? Last night, he got dropped on his head. So why do I ever want to see it happen now? I understand. You got to let a heel like him build up his heat until the eventual time to take it away from him. Yeah, and I, listen, MJF gets under everyone's skin. And you're right. You want to. You, the reason you want to buy a ticket or the reason you want to watch a pay per view is finally to see his ass get kicked. MJF's ass got kicked last night on Dynamite, but Moxley said, "I'm gonna bring you. I'm gonna bring some more." MJF is not standing back though. MJF right now he just tweeted out. Uh, a ban of the paradigm shift. So, you know, it's one of those change.org petitions. And I went to it. I just saw his tweet. I went to it. And the numbers are reaching. I mean, like, you know, it's banned Jonathan. I like it's banned Jonathan Moxley's use of the paradigm shift to protect all elite wrestling's roster. It's an unsafe move. And he wants to see it banned. So. Uh, Matt, Mark Sterling, who is counsel, legal counsel for MJF, is the one who's put out this petition. So, you know, I just retweeted at David LaGreca1. If you want to sign that petition, now's your t- chance because the petition is out there. Just went up uh, just a couple of minutes ago. So now's your opportunity to sign that petition. If I'm MJF, I'm coming on TV next week and I'm calling Moxley out for being a complete coward having to sneak up from behind. If I'm MJF, I'm going, wow, I must really be a threat to you, John Moxley, if you have to sneak up from behind me to dump me on my head because you weren't man enough to do it face-to-face. You know what? Everything you're saying is 100% correct. Like, MJF is whole, all about like that he's unsafe and all that. It kind of plays into what everything MJF has been saying about John Moxley. You know what? He's out there in the middle of the ring. He's cutting a promo. He's talking about Moxley pumping up their match that's going to be taking place on the pay-per-view. And then out comes Moxley and attacks him from behind. Kind of got I, side, kind of, kind of side with MJF on this one. 
Listen, I'm a big believer in heat, 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 and when you can't get any more heat, get some more until it's time for the babyface to get his day in court. I do not need to see Moxley leaving MJF laying last night. To me, we take away MJF's heat. Now, I know MJF is smart enough that next week he's going to find a way to turn this around on Moxley. I have complete confidence in him. But if, if I'm doing this, there's no way in hell that I am getting that much offense on MJF right now. I will say this too, and this kind of goes to the point of the hardcore audience of AEW, and I sent out the tweet a couple weeks back, is John Moxley the perfect champion for AEW because of their fan base? I think he is. Because I think when you look at the tag matches that happened on AEW, then you look at John Moxley. He's a different breed of a face wrestler. You know, meaning that he doesn't care about the rules. He doesn't really care about the fans or his own safety. He is just a different type of wrestler. And I think that's something that the AEW fan base likes and appreciates. Do you agree with that? Well, sure. The AEW fan base is a very unique fan base. I always compare them to the ECW fan base, and they have their favorites for a reason. I can understand why they love Moxley. I have no problem with that. But with wrestling being what it is, and when you MJF is an anomaly, he is a 24 year old kid with just about as much as, if not more heat than anybody in this business. And look at who I'm comparing him to. Look at who I'm mentioning him in the same breath as. Crazy. Ran Randy Orton, who is doing the best work of his career and, and a guy that you just want to see get his. When you have a heel like that, that you can get so much heat on, I don't want to take it away. You know, one of the things about old school NWA was they would go with heat, heat, heat. And then the baby face would finally get his day. And it normally would happen in the Omni or something like that. Mm -hmm. But even though the baby face may have gotten the one, two, three, he never really, really got his day in court. He never beat up that heel as bad as that heel beat him up. And that's what kept the heels with so much steam. Hopefully next week, MJF, either on the mic, can, can, can get his heat back, or he can do to Moxley what Moxley did to him. I want to see MJF take that ring and slice Moxley's head right open with it. I want him to go coast to coast across Moxley's forehead and gig him to the gills, bust him open, leave him a bloody mess. You had to sneak up from behind me and dump me on my head. Now I'm going to take my ring. I'm going to punch you in the freaking face, and I'm going to leave you in a pool of your own blood. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.